Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we closed our study with Dr. Harley and began to look at the topic of love. Our primary guides during this look are Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. We were looking at Yale University psychologist Robert Sternberg's triangle model of love, which many believe is one of the most encompassing views of love to date. In his model, love, like a triangle, has three sides, passion, intimacy, and commitment. And in the ideal situation, this is an equilateral triangle, each side having the same length. We talked about the biological side of the triangle, which is passion, and the emotional side, which is intimacy. Side three, the cognitive and willful side of the love triangle, is commitment. Commitment looks toward a future that cannot be seen and promises to be there until death. Philosopher Hannah Arndt writes, Without being bound to the fulfillment of our promises, we would be condemned to wander helplessly in the darkness of each person's lonely heart. Commitment creates a small island of certainty in the swirling waters of uncertainty. As the mooring of marriage, commitment secures love for our partner when passions burn low and when turbulent times and fierce impulses overtake us. Commitment says, I love you because you are you, not because of what you do or how I feel. The Swiss counselor Paul Tournier describes the marriage vow as a gift, total, definite, unreserved, a personal and unchangeable commitment. The longevity of love and the health of a marriage depend mightily on the strength of commitment. Passion, intimacy, and commitment are the hot, warm, and cold ingredients in love's recipes. And these ingredients vary because the levels of intimacy, passion, and commitment change from time to time and from person to person. As we change and grow personally, and as the relationship changes and grows, these levels change. You can visualize the fluidity of love by considering how the love triangle changes in size and shape as the three components of love increase and decrease. The triangle's area represents the amount of love. Large amounts of intimacy, passion, and commitment yield a large triangle. The larger the triangle, the more love. Well, how is love given and received? To answer this, we'll look at the parrot's definitions of love styles. We often assume that love means the same thing to our partner as it does to us. But the truth is, Two people rarely mean the same thing when they say, I love you. In working with couples, it's not unusual to hear, I just don't love her anymore, or I love him, but I'm not in love with him. What this usually means is that a particular quality a person wants in love is missing or has changed. Parrots give us the following true life example from some of their counseling sessions. John and Monica's first counseling session brimmed with tension. They complained of falling out of love with each other. You hardly ever tell me that you love me, said Monica. 
She was fighting back tears as she looked at her husband. Of course I love you, John replied. But I shouldn't have to tell you I love you. I do loving things for you. My actions speak louder than my words ever could. Were John and Monica out of love? No. Their love styles were merely out of sync and causing insufferable tension. The parrots say that it's not uncommon for one partner, like John, to feel loving toward his spouse while the spouse feels unloved. But their love has not withered. It has simply taken on a style that is not meeting the other partner's needs. Further discussion showed that the loving things John was doing for Monica included bringing home a paycheck, fixing broken appliances, and avoiding arguments. These are things any good husband would do routinely, said Monica. They have nothing to do with what I call love. Monica defined love in terms of endearment, gifts, touching, tenderness, all of which made John uncomfortable because they didn't fit his idea of true love. According to John, what Monica wanted was the mere fluffy stuff of love. Well, both Monica and John were assuming that how they loved each other was how their partner wanted to be loved, and both were feeling unloved because of it. Neither was fully aware of, let alone adapting to, the other's differing love style. When Elizabeth Barrett Browning asked, How do I love thee? in one of her most famous sonnets, she probably never imagined that the answer would one day be studied with scientific precision. But that is exactly what researchers like Robert Steinberg have attempted to do. His triangular model not only identifies love's parts and pieces, it explains how partners like John and Monica give and receive love differently. Sternberg's triangle that we talked about earlier can change shape depending on the varying degrees of passion, intimacy, and commitment in the relationship. A triangle with three equal sides represents what Sternberg calls a consummate love, in which all three components are equally matched. But when one leg of the triangle becomes longer than the others, a new kind of unbalanced love style emerges, either romantic, foolish, or companionable. Romantic love, which relies on a combination of intimacy and passion, is physical attraction mixed with a deep sense of caring. But commitment takes a back seat in romantic love. Foolish love results from a combination of passion and commitment. But this time, intimacy is mostly absent. It is foolish in the sense that a commitment is made on the basis of passion without the stabilizing element of intimate knowledge. Companionable love evolves from a combination of intimacy and commitment with passion fading to the background. It is essentially a long-term, committed friendship. This occurs in marriage when physical attraction becomes less important than the security of knowing and being known by your partner. Sometimes ill-fated marriages are built exclusively on either romantic love, foolish love, or companionable love. But successful marriages demand more, even when a romantic, foolish, or companionable love style becomes momentarily predominant. 
Consummate love results from the full combination of love's three components, passion, intimacy, and commitment. Consummate love is the goal toward which every marriage strives, and most marriages achieve it at least for a time. Maintaining consummate love, however, is where many marriages falter. At times, for one spouse, some elements become stronger than others, and the triangle is not equilateral. When this happens, a style of loving emerges that is not in step with the other partner's style. It's at this time that we find ourselves in the dance of love. Day in and day out, we clumsily shuffle, stumble, and even step on one another's feet in our relationships. But that does not diminish the grateful moments when two partners finally experience the same rhythm of passion, intimacy, and commitment. Anne Morrow Lindbergh wrote about the dance of love in her little book, Gift from the Sea. When you love someone, you do not love them all the time in exactly the same way from moment to moment. It is an impossibility. It is even a lie to pretend to. And yet this is exactly what most of us demand. We have so little faith in the ebb and flow of life, of love, and of relationships. We leap at the flow of the tide and resist in terror its ebb. We are afraid it will never return. We insist on permanency, on duration, on continuity, when the only continuity possible in life, as in love, is in growth, in fluidity, in freedom. Before we begin to talk about the stages of love and making it last for a lifetime, let's take a short detour and talk about what some think of as the untouchable topic, sex. You probably think about it more than you talk about it. Your brain is actually the most important sexual organ you have. The human sex drive operates out of the cortex, that thin outer layer of the brain where all learning takes place. Humans use their highly developed brains to learn how, when, where, and whether they will give expression to their sexual urges. And this ability for control is one of the primary things that separates us from the animals. So does this mean that having sex as a husband and wife does not involve animal instincts? Well, they tell us not on your life. Clifford and Joyce Penner are the authors of The Gift of Sex. They have been counseling couples on sexual issues for nearly three decades. Here are some of the things that they say. Realize that your spouse may not be interested in sex whenever you are. Sexual desire is not contagious. If you are in the mood, you can't expect that by default, your spouse will be too. Think of your sex drive as an appetite. Joyce Penner says, Just as each of you will differ in your appetite for food, you will likely experience differences in your sexual appetites. This is a major difference between men and women, and one that definitely requires mutual understanding. The point is that you will have to learn to coordinate your sexual desires without overfeeding one of you. Another important fact to keep in mind is that sex between a husband and wife need not be spontaneous. Well, our time's gone for today.
Once again, I want to alert you that on Friday evening, September 15th, and Saturday morning, September 16th, I will be leading a couples conference titled Mums the Word. The conference is sponsored by Christian Living Magazine and will be held at Cloverdale Church of God. Go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net. On the homepage, you'll see a couples conference information and registration block. Click on the Click Here button to download a brochure and also to take advantage of early registration. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.